Hi there, and welcome to Vox Talk, your weekly review from the world of voiceover. I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli from Voices. This week, Travis Partington, former Marine turned podcaster, shares tips from his military background on how to bring a more disciplined approach to your voiceover career. On his show, Oscar Mike Radio, Travis invites veterans to share their stories and support one another while using his gift of speaking. Welcome to the show, Travis. Thank you so much for having me, Stephanie. It's really great to be here. Yeah, it's marvelous to speak with you too. So first of all, Travis, I want to thank you for your service. And I think I thank you on behalf of everybody for all that you've done. Um, It's an honor to have you here. And we are so very grateful for the freedoms that you fought to protect for us and for everyone within earshot of this podcast. So um, when you left the Marine Corps, I'm sure that there were certain things that you took with you, and that would include your work ethic. So how has your background in the armed forces shaped your approach to podcasting? The military and especially the Marine Corps fosters this this can-do attitude, adapt and overcome. No objective is too high or too tall, right? And, and we're taught to break down larger problems into smaller, more manageable problems. And if we work on these smaller problems, all of a sudden we found out that we could have success. So for me, it's just a matter of taking that approach I learned in the military and repeating it in this form for podcast and, and voice work. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think it's important for all of us to remember that everything we do is just one little step leads to another. So the Armed Forces does teach people the importance of routine. So what's an average morning like for you, Travis? And, and what goes into bringing your best each day? I get up. I got to go. So I have to get as much sleep as I can. I know that's hard for a lot of people, including myself. I try to be disciplined in my sleep routine. So I wake up, I make my bed, which is, is actually a pretty important part of my day, just to set things off on a good note. And then I go and immediately, immediately drink a quart of water. Quart's three, two ounces, and it's very good for me. It gets my voice loosened up. It makes me feel better. So after I drink, I go right to the stationary bike. And while I'm riding, I'm thinking about, you know, my day. Do I need to reshuffle anything? Do I need to reallocate time effectively? And then breakfast. I am a firm believer in breakfast. You can't operate on an empty stomach effectively. You just can't. So I have a good breakfast. I'll do some reading and then start work for my current, you know, real employer. <laughs> and then it's off the races, full throttle, full speed ahead. So that, that sounds like a lot of disciplined work, like eating a good breakfast. Lots of people skip breakfast, right? And it's kind of not the meal you want to be missing, I don't think. It's not. It's, um, no. it's so important. Yeah. And all that water. I'm really glad you mentioned the water, too. So there are things in life where we, we do find that there are challenges and, uh, you know, there are hard, hard things. So how do you do those hard things? And, and what are some ways that we can motivate ourselves to do what needs to be done, even when we don't really feel like it? Um, you know, I'll look at, you know, maybe uh, an Instagram or TikTok reel about how when things get hard, you got to overcome and, you know, there, there is that reel that says, hey, when it gets hard, you know that you are on the right path. It's out there all over the place. And I firmly embraced that. And I had to get into the mindset that when it got hard, 
when vocal work got hard, when podcasting got hard, when life itself got hard, that it was actually a good sign. It meant I was starting to go into this growth mode and growth can be hard, right? Or even painful. But breaking down those things into smaller and easier objectives and then consistently applying effort to to those things over time got me through all that. So when I have these big, huge things in front of me and it seems insurmountable, it's just about stepping back and either getting help from a professional or from a mentor or from somebody that, you know, I know real well or, you know, I'm just like, okay, I got to go back to the drawing board, redo the plan and rinse and repeat, which is just breaking down the big, huge objectives and problems into smaller things and accomplishing those smaller things. And if I stay focused on that, I look at it as I will slowly but surely continuously improve. And so now I'm going into six years of podcasting and, you know, doing more and more vocal work and I'm starting to see, you know, success. But it's important to remember that success is not a straight line. It's going to go up and down and you know, you're going to have some challenges. That all sounds so easy when you say it, Travis. It's not. But what does it look like? Can you give us a practical example of, of how you've implemented that breaking it down? Sure. Well, absolutely. Let's, let's go back to podcasting, for example. You know, I was having a problem understanding how to properly edit and master my vocal tracks, especially with video. And this is when I started doing video to make it sound good because anyone out there knows that you know camera audio is not good unless you just have a true movie quality pro set. But if you're like me and just starting out, how do you make that sound better? And it was overwhelming to me because I didn't have an audio-visual technical background. I just didn't. That's not the first thing that I got into. So what do I do? How do I do this? So I, I go on YouTube, I, I, I call up B&H Photo, and they have that little ad saying they're going to help you figure out how to use the stuff they sell. And they actually did. I love them. And so a lot of times I'm s- sitting there and I'll do little five-minute video clips, you know, take my Zoom H6 and record along with the video and finally understand how to get the audio and video to sync up, understand where to place, you know, um, a, a lav mic and, and which mic to use. And then I'd watch it back and I'm like, okay, it's starting to get, I'm starting to be happy with this. And people would watch the work and listen to the, the podcast. And one of the questions was, how did you get it to sound so good? It must have been easy. And Stephanie, you of all people know, you definitely know because you've forgotten more than I know. It is anything but easy on a good day. But it's situations like that where if, I don't work to make improvement in my craft. I'm not going to be able to get my sound to sound the way I want it to sound. I'm not going to be able to, you know, improve. So I've got to, I've got to be uncomfortable. And while I don't have the benefit of past education or a heavy background working in, uh, vocal production, it's okay because it all comes back to breaking the problem down, understanding how it works and, you know, getting the help checking my ego, making mistakes, and and doing it all over again. And, you know, six years later doing audio, two years later doing, uh, you know, video work too. I think I'm starting to get, you know, really good at it now. Wow. Two years is quite a long time when it comes to running a show because there's so much that 
you know, goes and you have to be inspired and motivated and have an audience that, that wants to engage with you. And I think you've established that for yourself. So, so that's great. Um, yes. Six years. We're going on to six years with Oscar Mike radio. Whoa, six, six years. Okay. My, I take two years. We'll say six years. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Good for you. And over those six years, Travis, um, how many times do you actually go back and look at, like, assess where you're at? Like, is there a way that you kind of gauge your progress? And, and how do you know that you're doing a great job? Um, every year, I'll go back and look at the shows I've done and say, you know, that one didn't work out so well, or that one was really, really good, really like that. And people who watch the show consistently and listen to my show, whether you're listening or watching, will sometimes reach out and say, you know what, Travis, that was that was really good. Or, you know what, Travis, something was a little off, pretty relentless and ruthless when it comes to improvement. The only competition is me, Stephanie. So while I don't obsess over every show, I have to look at things at a, at a higher uh, level, the bigger picture. You got to see the, the forest for the trees. Otherwise, I would just drive myself absolutely nuts. But I look at things over time and seeing where I'm at, it's like, okay, I started doing videos in 2019 and it didn't really evolve until, you know, 2021 and 2022. And that's okay. Um, but how I measure success. And I said this at the, the first annual Veterans Podcast Awards last year, and I said to other people is the number one. Stephanie, I want to know at the end of my time doing this, that last time I hit upload, the last time I put down uh, the cans, I want to know that I impacted one life. So every guest, every subject has to be treated that way because I really can't tell you when the end's going to be, Right. And I'm trying to get somebody to listen to my show or my work and come away with the feeling that, wow, I, I got something out of that. And if I can do that, that one thing for that one person, that one subject, I feel that I've had all the success that I could ever want. I might not ever be some big media player or influencer, and that's okay. But at the end of the day, I want to know that someone listened to what I did and came away impacted to make positive change in their lives and in somebody else's life. I think that's why we should all do what we do. Well, you know what you just said, the, the impactfulness that the work you're doing should have on, on people in a positive way that helps them or help them to grow. Or I love that. Just the fact that you're, you're really making that show because you know it's important. The topic, the subjects, everything that you're going through and the people you invite on, very purposeful and, and also just wanting to make that heart connection. So I know that we can often be very hard on ourselves and perfectionism is something we all struggle with. And, and you said you've not beaten yourself up too bad and that's encouraging. But what are some ways that we can know that we've pushed ourselves too far? Like, is, is there something like a, a mechanism, a little flag that should go off when, when perhaps we're being too hard on ourselves? Oh boy. <laughs> For me, when I start getting irritated, it's at little things whether it's in my show or my day or at work or something didn't go right, it's it's not a, a big thing. It's a bunch of little things that build up. And if I'm not being you know mindful or paying attention to myself, these little things become larger and larger and larger, and they just absolutely get underneath my skin. And so to, to deal with that, when I find that happening... I have to step back and say, you know what? I'm going to take the 
the day or night off or even the weekend and just unplug. And maybe I don't have that time, but it could just be a walk, could be a ride on my motorcycle, could be just being outside, but more importantly, just away from technology, the cell phone down and just recharge. And I find that gives me the mental energy to do this. You know, our craft, and again, this is something that you you know and experience and you have done this as, as Voices.com, Stephanie, takes so much out of us because we as vocal uh, you know, artists and practitioners have to give of ourselves 100% when we are behind the microphone. We are our own instrument. I think that aspect of vocal work needs to be discussed a lot more as we you know, progress as professionals or, or hobbyists. Your, your mind has to be right. And, and, and so I try to rebalance. Right. Well, voice acting doesn't always lend itself to the pursuit of fitness. As we know, we spend a lot of time sitting or standing, often very sedentary. So um, by nature of the fact that a lot of VO, I mean, minus throwing your arms around, if you're someone like me, I'm often using my hands to talk. There's not a lot going on there so far as keeping ourselves healthy and, and moving. You mentioned your stationary bike earlier. What is it that someone could do in between times, in between reads or auditions, that could really help them to keep in shape? Uh, for me personally, I like the power of a walk. I'm a big gym guy. I like going to the gym and being on the weights. But, but to your point, when you're sitting in front of a microphone and screen and reading copy and you're so focused and you're just in the moment trying to execute properly every word, I believe a quick 15 to 30 minute walk, I keep saying it, but I'm going to just, that's what I go with, a 15 to 30 minute walk, getting away from the studio, getting outside. It is a, a huge aspect my, myself. And I'm not a big yoga guy, but I started doing yoga type stretches to keep me loose and limber because I'll get up after a couple of hours um, after I'm working on the audiobook I'm doing right now. And I am like, Travis, you are stiff. So that's when I know I need to be mindful about, you know, gaining weight and doing, you know, less sitting and more exercise when I can. And the voice depends upon, you know, the body being healthy, right? And if you're going to be in this career for a long time, you got to take care of your body, drinking water, trying to move around, getting rest. And yeah, we're going from audition to audition, going from read to read, but there are little things you can do to, you know, get movement in and rebalance yourself, whether it's, you know, taking the stairs, parking far away from the front door, taking walks between reads. It's just a lot of little things. Right. I think a lot of voice talent listening right now could probably relate to getting out of their bedroom, walking 20 feet maybe to their studio if it's in a room nearby. And, and then the next walk would be to the bathroom or the kitchen. <laughs> so there, we got to think about just getting out. I love the fresh air. Um, I've heard people talk about being in nature and how that's really helpful. So those walks that you mentioned, um, they can take your mind off things, but it's also just good to be out and about and to get some vitamin D, get some of that sunlight. Because when you spend most of your time in a sheltered booth, you're not getting very much. And, and also the air that you're breathing is, is just circulated inside this small little area. So it's always good to go and get some more um, fresh air. But I, I know what you said about fitness. And it's funny because I, I took it seriously when I was younger. And uh, just recently, I actually started going to the gym and trying to you know build up muscle mass, trying to do all these things. It's not cardio, but there's weights. So for 
anyone listening who might be interested, well, I, I don't want to get on that treadmill. I don't want to do this. And there are other ways to exercise that don't necessarily mean having to like, you know, break out in a huge sweat and your heart rate's up to 160 and you're running. Like it can be small things. As you mentioned, you can do stretches, you can go for the walk, it can be gentle, but always, I would say, always consult your primary care physician when you're going to start a new exercise regimen of any kind, just to make sure that, that you're on the right page with that. I totally agree. That's why I've been able to start growing my portfolio. And then there's the middle aspect too. You've got to mentally unplug from the studio to recharge yourself to go back there and do it again. Yeah. And that the whole doing it again, like that's what it feels like when people audition, right? You go up, you're like, oh, here comes another one or I've got that one. And and just thinking about how you have that background, that discipline. Do you batch your work, Travis? Like when you're doing a task, do you try to make sure that that uh, you use most of your, your energy for the, I guess, what needs to be done first? Or, or is there a process you go through for determining what should get done first? When I'm doing a podcast or a show, I try to plan or outline what I'm going to talk about, how I'm going to engage the guests. And then there's the actual recording and then the post-production and promotion, getting it out there. So I know that the post-production is going to take the most amount of time. So I'll balance my time around that task. For instance, in a couple of weeks, I have four interviews in one day, possibly five. And I know that I pretty much have all the planning done to execute the interviews. But once the interviews are done, task one is to make sure they're uploaded and backed up. Extremely important. And then I'm going to go through and start editing, um, you know, the, the, the audio, making sure I'm happy with it, and then working on the video. And in doing that workflow of planning and doing the interview, and I, I've created this template of how I'm going to actually go through each post-production step and I become more efficient. I'm not wasting time and I'm not forgetting anything like the dreaded, oh no, I forgot to hit the record button on my Zoom. Oh no. oh, no, which did happen a long time ago, and it only took like two, three times for me to break that habit. For lack of a better term, I have a checklist of things that I want to do for each show for the audiobook. It's a little different being that it's a different discipline to me. I found for the audiobook that I have to do a chapter at a time and break that chapter down by paragraphs. So mentally, I'm not rushing through each chapter of the book, and I can focus on each paragraph. And that's where I think it's different for me. Audiobooks require a lot more focus. Not that I'm not focused when doing podcasts and Stephanie, but I'm definitely having to focus on each word and trying to understand what the author is wanting to convey in the book and, you know, get it out there. It's a very different discipline. But to answer your question uh, on, the, on the larger scale, it's all about playing organization. Yes, and not all of us have those skills. So that's why we have you here today is, is to learn a bit more about, you know, what goes on and, and the, the mechanics of all that. So thank you. And, and one last question for you, Travis. I know time is precious. And certainly in the military, you probably have things time to the minute or to the second. Um, so in the armed forces, you receive orders from superiors up the chain of command. Now in voiceover, much of what a talent does is admittedly self-directed, you know, a little bit of trying to figure out what the client wants, but still under the direction of some client somewhere. And, and certainly they've given some details of some kind. Now, how might we find a balance between making artistic choices and following directions? 
It's a great question. I actually had this happen, um, and it was very interesting. I, I did an audiobook for a person, and you know, they told me, "Hey, I like your voice. I think you'll you'll fit very well with what I'm trying to do. Don't change anything. Just read with your natural voice." I always do like a chapter one test to see if the person really likes the approach. And the author said, that's really good. You know, go ahead and let's, let's keep going. I do chapter two and didn't hear anything. So two weeks later, I reached out and I got a reply back saying, you know what? Your voice is not deep enough. I don't like it. I'm going in a different direction. And that's that. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not really sure what happened here. My, my voice isn't deep enough. Fine. Now, project number two, the author said, hey, same thing. I don't want you to do anything special or weird. I just want your natural voice. I sent him a draft chapter, and the author comes back and says, that is precisely what I want. Uh, I love you know how low your voice is. It's very calming. Don't change anything. Keep it going. I still send a chapter as I'm done to keep the lines of communication open. To me, as I'm beginning to audio work more and more, I find it's very effective. To me, it's easier to go through the project step by step or chapter by chapter and course correct sooner than to deliver an entire project. And the person's like, well, I didn't like what you did in, in chapter three, paragraph 10, and realize I could have fixed that right then and there. So I think. It's a combination of communication with the person you're working with and understanding what they're trying to do. And when you take a liberty, I just make a note in the Word document that I use. I use Word. And if that comes up as a discussion point, I'm like, this is why I did it. And here's what I'm trying to do because I'm trying to get someone to feel something from your work. And there's no magic mystery sauce. There's no wand I can wave. It's just understanding people and trying to communicate with authors what I'm trying to convey as an artist with their work, giving a voice to their work, and you've got to make people feel something with what they've written. So it's it's challenging, yes, but it's also very rewarding. And I just want to communicate in a way that we can correct mistakes sooner rather than later. I fully agree. You want to know right away if what you're doing is what the client wants. And, and it's always good to be open to feedback, as you said, and being able to take direction is very important in the field of voiceover. So um, Travis, with all of that said, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, where can people connect with you and follow your work? The two easiest ways to see what I'm up to is at my website, travispartington.com. That's P-A-R-T-I-N-G-T-O-N. That's all one string, TravisPartington.com. And then my second website is my show website, Oscar Mike Radio, and that's OscarMikeRadio.com. That's all one string. Uh, I'm on social media, on LinkedIn, where we uh, connected Stephanie, and Facebook, and everywhere else. And if you check me out, drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you and see what you're up to, and maybe I can help you out. Absolutely. I think any voice artist should feel comfortable reaching out to Travis. I first met you at a, a showcase in New York with Lollapitas. And, and uh, since then, we've been in touch through LinkedIn. And also, I just wanted to say if anyone um, feels that they might be a good guest for your show, they've come from a military background, then you can certainly go check out Oscar Mike Radio and, and see if you might connect with Travis that way. So thank you again for joining us, Travis. Thank you for having me on. Looking forward to talking with you again soon. 
And that's the way we saw the world through the lens of voiceover this week. Thank you for listening and for spending your time with us. A special thank you to our guest, Travis Partington, for encouraging us to be the best that we can be in the studio. For Voices, I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli. Vox Talk is produced by Jeff Bremner. Thank you again for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.